Welcome to the Unveiled Podcast. We talk about current topics designed to equip women to be culture shapers and disciple makers, helping you to live with conviction and boldness in a post-Christian world. Today's topic is gender wars, and it sparks out of two conversations or two situations that I was recently in. And the first situation was um, just a few weeks back. I was with my discipleship group that consists of seven young women. Their ages are from about 18 to 22. And we were chatting about worldviews. And uh, a worldview generally answers four questions. Uh, the first question is, where do we come from? Secondly, why are we here? Thirdly, what is wrong with the world? And then fourthly, how can we fix it? And so your response to these questions will give you your worldview or the overall narrative with which you live your life. And your worldview is either biblical or it is not. There's not really an in-between. Well, as we were discussing the question, what is wrong with the world, they categorically stated that in the university setting, the dominant answer to this question would be white males. Wow. I had to ponder that for a while. So the young women that are in the university setting, their response to the problem with the world would be just white males. That's the problem. That's what they would generally say. And so this really struck me and it it bothered me and not even so much, um, well, obviously, it bothers me that they would say white males, because as a Christian, I do not believe that there is uh, should be any racism at all. We are all uh, from one man. God created all of us, and we all come from the line of Adam, and so we are all essentially from the same source, and so we are all equal. Uh, and so to me, there is no such thing as racism because we are all equally created in the image of God. Um, but if you want to know more about that, my husband Aaron actually teaches a really great podcast. It's called Leadership Now, and he actually just addressed that earlier this week. So you can definitely look that up and, and gain some really good insight on racism there, because certainly as Christians, we shouldn't be part of that at all, but rather just equally value and love humanity because God created us. Uh, But it really bothered me that uh, our, our young people are growing up with the concept that men are the problem of the world. As I think about this, it it just causes a whole host of problems. Essentially, it wipes away the value of family. It wipes away the value of marriage, of manhood, of womanhood, of, of men protecting and leading women. And really, when we understand manhood and womanhood properly, when we understand the family and marriage, we realize that marriage is actually designed to display the gospel. And so if we are trying to get rid of all of this, is if our universities are wiping this clean and getting rid of the value of these concepts, they're essentially trying to wipe away the gospel. And that breaks my heart. And uh, sadly, we as churches have, have taken a back seat when it comes to educating and also taking a back seat in, in the regards to influencing society. If we aren't involved in education, we aren't involved in influencing our, our society. And that's a shame. We have handed over education in the shaping of, of people's minds and hearts to godless people, uh, godless people who are running our universities, our educational systems. 
systems. We as Christians have have moved out of that role of influencing, and that's why our our education system in the university, but also really from the the time that kids start public education, there's a very secular agenda, uh, a Marxist agenda that no longer values anything that is biblical and uh, that concerns us. And so now we've gotten to a point where racism is now once again, a huge problem and where essentially the biggest problem in the world is men. And that should concern us. That is not uh, a Christian or a biblical worldview. We are in a gender war. The second situation that inspired me to talk about gender wars was listening to a video on social media that gave me some mixed emotions. The video itself was bang on. It was excellent, but it disturbed me because it was so rare and under normal circumstances would be rejected by most women and many men. You see, it was a video about men calling out men for not taking the lead during our world, current world crisis. Uh, it was a man call- concerned that men had allowed women and moms to be the frontline voices to speak against the harms that lockdowns and restrictions are having on children and youth. Uh, he said things like this. These are some of his quotes. Uh, we need you men to fight what's going on right now. We need you to prepare for this battle. We need knights mounted up on horses, ready to regulate and bring a force. The women will point, but we will lead and they will follow. And I just thought, wow, this is fantastic. I was so thrilled that it wasn't a woman calling out men, but men, a man calling out men. That's exactly how it should be. Uh, as women, we, that should not be our main initiative is to call out men and continually ridicule them or tell them they should be doing something differently. Men should be inspiring men and women should be inspiring women. And so I thought it was so fantastic. These words were so true. And um, even though this man was not a Christian, he knew what it was meant to be a man. He knew what God's design for manhood was, and he was willing to call the men to that kind of manhood. And I thought that was great. And I was also happy to see the response. So some of the responses, comments on this video were, uh, it's time to look inside yourself and be okay with giving your voice to this and standing up. We need you. Actually, I'm not sure if that was part of his quote or if that was one of the comments, but the comments I know were made were this. Uh, one commentator said, doctrination has led to generations of feminized men. Secondly, we have told our men they need to be softer and quieter and that they're too much. They are not. We need them loud right now, more than ever, and fearless. It seems sad that when or that what has been systematically been done to them, cancel culture, so-called political correctness, promotion of a genderless culture, shaming of alpha white males and the others that went before them. and. Also, it needs to be heard by everyone. Wow. Like, I was so happy to see that this video was being supported by both men and women. But it also grieved me, to be honest with you, because women have largely been responsible for the device of leadership in men. And women have been so quick to... um 
belittle men and to um, shame them. And uh, this saddens me. Uh, we need men and We've always needed men, not just right now, not just right now when women feel overwhelmed and tired and exhausted with this ongoing battle, but we've needed them from the very beginning of time. That's how God made us. Uh, but how many times have we as women tried to overpower men? The truth is the whole feminist movement is not about equality, but about power and about control. Feminists are happy, are not happy with equality. They want to come out on top. And in order to manipulate and silence those who oppose the feminist agenda, whether they call it that or not, they throw terms like misogyny. And misogyny is the dislike of or the contempt for or ingrained prejudice against women. And yeah, that sounds bad because it's wrong to dislike women. It's wrong to have a prejudice this against women, but we've taken it too far. You see, this uh, these terms can be used, um, and uh, any time that a woman uses this, um, it tends to silence men because they begin to think and question. What am I allowed to do if, if I tried to lead? And in all honesty, there's women that or people that would say women, men shouldn't even comment on a woman's looks because somehow that's uh, making him out to be superior to her by being, you know, qualified to comment whether she looks good or not. That should bother us. And one article I read even said this, being asked about marriage or children is an example of misogyny. And that's sad because, yeah, we don't want womanhood to, to be all about just being a mom and a wife. And that's where your identity comes from. That's not our identity. Our identity is in Christ, but marriage and children are very wonderful things. And when we label questions about that as misogyny, that actually ends up devaluing the role of motherhood and womanhood and and being a wife and it makes women feel like unless they have a career, a career that pays just as much as the average man or more and has, you know, leadership opportunities where she's the boss and she's in control, somehow that's less than and and that's just not right. Uh certainly, hey, women can have careers, they can have high-end positions in the in the secular field and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but when it ends up devaluing motherhood and womanhood or as if staying home with your children is a bad thing or it's less than, that's where the problem is. And when we take misogyny too far, that's actually what happens. It um, ends up saying that if a woman has to stay home with her children or chooses, I should say, to stay home with her children and take a break from her job or maybe just quit altogether, as if that's somehow a prejudice. That's not true. That's an honorable thing for that woman to do. And we should champion that. We should embrace that. Another common word that is used to silence men and, and maybe it all started from, you know, a, a good cause because certainly we do agree that abuse and, um, 
you know, putting down of women and looking down on women. That's evil. That's wrong. That shouldn't happen. And, and yet patriarchy has become a bad word. And I looked up what feminists believe about patriarchy and it says patriarchy refers to the male domination, both in public and in private spheres. Feminists mainly use the term patriarchy to describe the power relationship between men and women. And so both misogyny and patriarchy are ideas that essentially devalue men. All of us, like certainly once again, I, I want to emphasize, we would all agree that hatred, abuse, and neglect of women is evil and wrong. And maybe that's where some of these terms and ideologies came from, but they've gone way too far. And uh, they, they're way beyond just abuse and neglect or even belittling. It's way beyond that. Our culture has taken these terms so far and rejected the biblical term of male leadership and protection and made it to be misogyny and patriarchy. If men can no longer lead and protect their wives because they'll be labeled as being patriarchal, that's a problem. Uh, and when we use those kind of terms in a, a negative way, it silences men. It tells them to be quiet and uh, it tells them not to lead. And so they take a step back, get comfortable, and then women end up feeling more frustrated than ever. You see, I've met some of the strongest women, women who who are bold and who ha are very opinionated. And you know what? It's, it's okay. Women can be bold and they have some good opinions to share and there's nothing wrong with that. We don't want to diminish that. But I find that some of the strongest women that we would think are actually um, desiring to be on top, what they really want, they want men to lead. And yet sometimes their boldness or their anger towards men ends up silencing men. And so we have to ask ourselves, in my desire to see men lead, am I actually building them up so that they can lead? Or am I tearing them down? There's a big difference. We want to be women who who build up men and uh, in a way that they can truly live out their their calling as leaders, not as um, you know abusive at all, but as as loving protectors. And I think when we actually uh, work together in harmony in the way that God has called us to do. Um, manhood and womanhood. I think it's actually a beautiful thing when properly understood. We all actually desire that. And yet we've been deceived. We've deceived ourselves into thinking that all maleness, all leadership, all authority is wrong and sinful and should be, we should get rid of it. That's not true. When it really comes down to it and evidence is here as we're going through this pandemic, we are calling the men. We are supporting the men to take the lead. And this should be the case always. They should always be ready to protect us and to encourage us and to support us. And so this is not a bad thing. Um, and so I, I would suggest, and I believe this is a biblical thing, that the problem is not ultimately a war on men, and it's not even ultimately a war against women, but it is a war against sin. And until we recognize this, we will continue to make it about men or make it about women. We will blame each other. That started way back in the Garden of Eden when uh, Adam blamed Eve for his sin. 
his sin of of quietness and not taking the role of leader. Um, we will continue to hate each other and rise up against each other. And so as women, it's not as a woman myself, it's not my role to call out men. I'll let the men do that. They can encourage each other and tell each other how to rise up. But my call is to women. And so I'm just asking if you have a hatred towards men, Maybe you haven't acknowledged it. Maybe you don't even realize it. But maybe your hatred towards men is disguised in anger or bitterness. Maybe it's an insecurity or an oversexual um, way of expressing yourself or being involved in sexual sin or a desire to control. Isn't that maybe something that all of us struggle with? If that's part of your inner being, I encourage you to stop blaming men and rather take a look at your own heart. And uh, I was just thinking here of Matthew 7, 1 to 5, that says, judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so women, I just encourage all of us to embrace womanhood. Womanhood is a beautiful thing, and we want to embrace all of it and not see any of it as weakness, but as a gift. And before we call out men and tell them that they are weak or that they need to rise up and that they need to be leaders, or maybe the opposite, shoving them down, telling them that they're too strong and that they have no right to lead us or to protect us and that we're independent women, whatever angle you're taking, Before you make it about a man problem, take a look at your own heart. Look at the speck or the the log that is in your own eye. Are you a woman that is truly living out your God-given design uh, of being one who champions uh, the opportunity to to be a mom or to support those who are moms if you're not a mom, uh, to, to embrace womanhood and to embrace the role of wife and to embrace being someone who is willing to be a nurturer and willing to be a helpmate, whether you're married or not. Are you willing to embrace these roles that God has given to women? Are you willing to embrace your singleness if you're a single woman and to uh, live on mission fully for God, finding your identity in him and not in men. Whether we're married or not, our identity is not in a man. Our problem is not having a man or not having a man. Our our identity is Christ. And our biggest problem is not men. Our biggest problem is our own sin. And so first align yourself with God's view of women, uh, knowing that you are an image bearer. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are part of the kingdom of God and you have equal value and worth and opportunity to be disciple makers and to build God's kingdom. And uh, we want to embrace that. We want to uh, champion that. Um, at the same time, if if you have been hurt by a man, don't hate manhood. 
God created men, but rather deal with the individual sin. And so certainly as women, there's times when we need to confront men or a man and we do that one-on-one or maybe if that that's dangerous, then we should, you know, bring someone alongside with us to help us deal with that sin. And uh, maybe maybe it's not even appropriate for us to address that person because it would put us in a place of vulnerability again. But certainly we can take that that uh, that sin, the sin that has been done against us, we can take that to God and know that He sees us, that He loves us. He saw everything that happened, and He He's going to deal justly with that situation. We can trust Him to be a just and good ruler and father over us in everything that's happened to us. Uh, we don't need to continue the path of hatred towards all men, and we can actually even begin to forgive and let go of bitterness towards the man that has hurt us. That might take time. And yet in Christ, we can find healing and once again, have a, a right view of, of manhood and womanhood. Let's not let our circumstances dictate our beliefs, but let's believe what is said in God's word, what he has revealed to us and, and embrace that and hold fast to that. And I encourage you to um, encourage the men in your life, encourage them to lead, uh, find out what it means to build them up and um, get rid of the hatred, but rather pray for them and seek to be a support to them. And you know what? You'll probably find men that aren't doing it perfectly, just like we don't live our womanhood perfectly. And um don't belittle them for that. Find out how you can best support them, best build them up so that they can rise up and be the men that God has called them to be. And uh, just this week as well, I saw a little graphic that I thought was good. And it was um, a graphic uh, that calls is a call to young women. And it says, don't let the lies of feminism fool you. Marriage is wonderful. Your fertility is a gift. Even if you have to take a pause on your career and stay home with, to raise your children, it's still a gift. Uh, sex is holy. You're not an object. Hookups are meaningless. Babies are a blessing. Motherhood is empowering. You can still have a career. And then all of the above is true. And so uh, I don't know the author of, of this uh, graphic. I don't even know if she's a Christian or not. But all of these things, all of these quotes are true as long as they're rooted in the glory of God. Ultimately, as women, we want to live out our womanhood for the glory of God, not to rise up and make ourselves look great or powerful or better or whatever it might be. But we are called to, to put the display of God's glory or to, to put on display the glory of God. And so let's embrace womanhood, not see it as a weakness, not see it as less than or inferior. No, we are women created the image of God. So don't shrink back, but take it back. God created male and female, and it was very good. Next week, we have a special guest, and I'm super excited about next week's podcast. I think you will be as well. And so that's all I'm going to say for now, but I look forward to uh, connecting with you next week. God bless. God bless.